Welcome back to Build and Tinker, Episode 7. This week, we are building Killian Ink Duelist. But before we get into that, how have your games been this week, Russ? They've been pretty good. We got in a couple games on Monday, um, got to watch the deck we're about to talk about play, but I was kind of uh, trying to dig out of a deep hole, so I didn't get to pay as much attention to it as I wanted to. Yeah, well, to be fair, I think the first game we did some pre-cons and you played an old pre-con from last year to the year before, and it it wasn't good. It no. was the uh, Instant Sorcery Graveyard recursion flashback something something and it was not good at all something something dark side extortion extortionist was why i got it <laughs> so. right i bought i bought this pack for this whole deck for one card and i'm gonna play it and it is not good um, right but you Absolutely. know com- compared to the ones that just came out with Strixhaven, you're up against two of those, and a buddy of ours got the Atraxa one and played that, which that is a very good deck. I agree. I thought it played incredibly well out the box. So it was it was interesting to see one of those old decks play out against two of the brand new ones. So it was there was a lot going on there. But that's a different topic altogether. Right. That was it was good times, but but this week we are going to talk about a Strixhaven commander. We alluded to him last week in our discussions on how do you build a commander that can kind of go a lot of ways. Uh, so this week we want to talk about how we actually built that deck. And that card is Killian Ink Duelist. He is a white black, so only two, two mana value, not CMC, mana value. Uh, legendary creature, human warlock. He's a 2-2. He has lifelink, menace, but the big piece is spells you cast that target a creature cost two generic mana less to cast. So last week we talked about kind of how we want to take this. I know you saw it in action on Monday. Kind of what were your initial thoughts on that? It came out the gate really fast. Um, you were casting spells turn three. So you were definitely, you had Killian out, I believe, turn two, maybe turn three. Then you were dropping enchantments very quickly thereafter. Things were happening fast enough that the board was, the table was reacting to you. So I thought that was that was a good sign that it was that something was happening with it. Yeah, it was fun. The enchantment strategy I went with was really to either build up Killian or any of the other creatures in the deck. And we'll talk through some of those guys, but really not quite Voltron-y, not quite that far, but very close to it. And take advantage of that cost reduction to get value out of not just making your own creatures bigger but also controlling the board a bit getting some of those removal effects and we'll talk through some of those cards because i was digging through my collection i found some really cool cards that you normally wouldn't play they just cost a little too much but Mm -hmm. suddenly when you do some by two with killian they become kind of fun and interesting and cards you just don't normally see i kind of try to avoid some of your common staples so before that though we'll we'll jump into some of the creatures so one of the one of the strategies I took, and we talked about this a little bit last week, was getting other creatures that can get damage in. When you're doing a Voltron type deck, whether it's equipment or or enchantments, you really want creatures that can get in for damage because you're not going to have a lot of creatures. You're going to have one, two, three creatures, so those need to be big and have evasion on them. So I went for some creatures with menace and flying. Right. So you're not going to get cost reduction off of these, but really just kind of anything black, white that kind of fit that theme. And in reality, anything that was a little bit cheap on the cheaper side, I think this whole deck came in at around 40 or 50 bucks. Um, It really wasn't that expensive outside of a handful of cards. So the first one there is from call time. Actually, it's a 
Ferja, Judge of Valor, she's got Flying and Lifelink, but she also can do some card draw, right? Because when you cast your second spell each turn, and with his cost reduction, you should be able to cast two spells a turn. Mm-hmm. You can get, look at the top three cards of your library, get a card in your hand, the rest go into your graveyard, being black, that's always a good thing. And kind of just get some value out of it. And I figure for, you know, five mana, not a card you typically see in a lot of cases on the deck, especially at an uncommon, but kind of does everything I want the deck to do. Right, exactly. And you were saying that you wanted to use, put in creatures that had evasion. So when we're talking about evasion, you're just, you're talking about the ability of the creature to make it more difficult for it to block and make it easier for it to attack. So in this case, you're talking about flying, menace, uh, intimidate, fear, those type effects. Right, exactly. And intimidate is one that I don't see a lot. I don't think you see a lot, but really those creatures, as the rules say, it can't be blocked except by artifact creatures and are creatures that share a color with. So somebody else playing a black deck with black creatures on the board, you just don't swing at that guy. Right. Um, You're going to go after the guy playing you know, is it, or, you know, any, any of the color combinations without black. Right. I mean, I feel like that's a really good, good feature. And the actual card we're talking about there is Geth Lord of the vault. Um, he's a four and two black for a five, five. So, and he has kind of a, an activated ability too, but that's not the main reason you put him in there, right? You're looking for that, that evasive intimidate and the good size. Exactly. It really just is something that can get in for some damage. You can pump them up a bit and it's going to be harder for them to block. And that is where the flying comes in. Obviously, if you have a flyer, that's going to just go over any ground creatures. But Menace, uh, or Menace, as the command zone likes to say, (laughs) when I was playing him on the board, especially when the commander was out, I had a lot of people like, oh, double block. Yeah, I'm not I'm just not going to block. It's just it's just easier not to block because I do have a chump blocker, but I got to do my chump blocker and the commander uh, not going to do that. And I was able, cool. I'm just going to hit you for some damage. And I was able to swing out like every turn because of that. And he is a good commander. Once you started stacking some enchantments on him, he became a bigger threat. But early on with that menace, you were getting in, getting a little bit of life gain. So I I think it's, I think it's a very good, (laughs) a good ability to have on a commander. So after your creatures, so creatures make up a smaller percentage of this deck than what we would normally see. So right. So then instead of creatures, you're putting in more enchantments? I am. So the idea there is enchantments, especially enchantments auras, the ones that say enchant creature, and actually mutate targets a creature as well, which mm-hmm. is kind of a neat dual combo. Those, because they target a creature, and I did look up the rules on this, it does target at the time you cast it when okay. it says enchant creature. You have to declare the target at the time of casting. So because of that, it makes these enchantments cost less. So I was looking through my collection and a couple ones right off the bat were things like Angelic Destiny. I actually think I got this on the board. It's an enchantment aura, two white, white. So with Killian on board, it's just white, white, which black, white mm-hmm. decks should be pretty easy to pay for. He becomes a plus four, plus four, has flying, first strike, is an angel and has menace on his card and lifelink. So he suddenly becomes right with that plus four plus four a six six flying menace first strike lifelink for two mana right so two to play him two to get this card on board that is a good creature for four mana absolutely and angelic destiny itself has a when the creature dies you return it to your owner's hand so if you've pulled this card 
you're going to be able to play it over and over. Right. Exactly. Another one that was pretty cool was Celestial Mantle. This one is six mana value. So three generic and three white. So usually really hard to cast in anything, you know, any normal deck, but Mm -hmm. I figure it's easy enough to get this guy out. And that one gives the creature plus three, plus three, but also what enchanted creature deals combat damage to a player, you double his controller's life total. And commander, that's insane. You don't see this card a lot because triple white pips is really hard to cast. So if you cast this, if you cast this card, you attacked and you did damage and you were sitting at 30 life, you'd be at 60. Right. But the lifelink would also kick in off of Killian. So I'd actually be at 35 and then I'd be at 70. Right. Because the lifelink would kick in. Right. And because of the three white, 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 six mana for this, a lot of times like instant removal, but suddenly you're getting this out on turn four. If you can get the three white pips kind of managed out in your mana ramp. Mm hmm. Right. So that becomes some good value. So what this basically becomes is the cost of the commander, the the black white, the commander costs, that's going to offset the cost of any enchantment aura that you put in the deck because it's automatically going to reduce all of those by two. So you can cast your commander and enchant him on the same turn because of that cost reduction. So at that point, the commander is effectively free minus command tax, of course, if he's uh, in the command zone or has been put in the command zone a few times. Right. And and again, so Killian's cost reduction is only to the generic mana. It's not going to affect any of the colored mana symbols. So did right. you find yourself putting in many enchantments or auras that were that didn't that the mana reduction wasn't really benefiting? I did. I put one in specifically, Daybay Coronet. Uh, I really enjoyed this card. It's two white pips, so there is no generic mana on it. And it's an enchantment aura, and it gives a creature plus three, plus three, first strike, vigilance, and lifelink. But the kicker is you have to enchant a creature with another aura enchanted to it. So it it's not a one-of in almost any deck because you need to already have other enchantments. So to, for that to happen, you need probably 10, 15 enchantments in the deck. But if you're going to get another enchantment on him, you're going to maybe have that two mana left over to toss Daybreak Cornet on top of that. Right? So it kind of goes back to that. If you can get the commander, he's out for a turn already. You toss on angelic destiny for two white. You talk on toss on daybreak coordinate for two white four mana. He is now a plus seven, plus seven first strike flying vigilance, lifelink menace. I mean, that is that's insane. A t- that's a terrifying commander. Right. A- another one is shielded by faith. Cause you do need protection anytime you're doing a pseudo Voltron build. Mm-hmm. And that is normally one and, and two white. But again, that one just falls off. So you don't get the full value, but even saving one mana and going back to the two white, you're going to give your guy indestructible. And the nice thing is if another creature comes on, you can just plop that over. And when your commander comes back out, you put it back on him. And he eventually, essentially at that point, can continually gain indestructible, which makes him much harder to deal with. Absolutely. Menace and indestructible. That's, that's pretty sweet. So, And then you were also talking about utilizing some of the mutate cards from the Ikoria set. Did you find that you were going to have enough non-human creatures in a black-white deck to make these efficient or effective, I guess is the better word? I did. One of the things that I found and some of the creatures I specifically put in the deck that we had talked about earlier, so the the, the Furja, the Geth, uh, Josu Vess, those guys are all non-humans. Okay. So the nice thing there is if they get on the board, because you can't just rely on your commander always being on the board. Uh, so when they're on the board, you can cast your commander and 
at the time the commander's on the board, you can then target some of these mutate cards. Uh, I included Dirge Bat, so that's four black black. So when the with the reduction, it now becomes two black black. And that when he mutates, not only does it give the creature flying, but you destroy target creature or planeswalker and opponent control. So for four mana, you're giving a creature flying and you're removing a creature off the board. So right? we, and if you already have flying or menace, it's just even harder to block at that point. So you're getting a essentially, and it's a flash card. So Dirgeback can come right. in at any point. So yeah, that's 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 very good value there. Being able to have a four mana removal and possibly get a blocker in when your opponent didn't think there was a blocker or or you know any number of things with that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and I, I like the I like the mutate cards because if they if you can't mutate if your commander just keeps getting taken off the board you just have a creature to play where the enchantment auras that is one of the weaknesses with enchantment decks is that if you don't have your creature those are dead cards you cannot cast them but with the mutate cards if you don't have your commander or a a legal target you just play the creature and suddenly I have a 3-3 three, three flying bat or I have a 3-5 cat on board. I have these other creatures that I can now either enchant onto, not with a reduction in cost, but at least I can start playing the game a bit more. Or I just have a creature and a body on board. And I can pass the turn and at least have something in play where a lot of the Voltron type decks or the enchantment type decks, if your commander disappears and that's your entire you know, build upon piece, you're stuck. And that was one of the reasons why I really like the idea that these get cheaper with the mutate cost in addition. So that's kind of a, a little fun bonus that I, I noticed in building the deck. Right. And that's something people sometimes seem to, I guess, not really focus on is the fact that the mutate creatures aren't just the mutate. The mutate is an extra value to that creature, but it is a creature. And, you know, I like to play them in my arena decks, um, you know, at least until they get rotated out. So they're, they're fun. I enjoy them. So normally when you're going to build a deck, you kind of have a a template that you like to follow. So we've kind of talked about the area that's the core of the deck, the, the theme, if you will, what about your, your other aspects? How did you go about determining what removal you were going to need? Did you, did you change out how you were going to do removal because we had, you have all these auras um, was that something that changed? It was. You can actually go into a different number of removal or ramp or draw spells than you normally would. And the reason is that there are a lot of really cool spells, there, but they're not the most mana efficient. right? Okay. So an example I found there was Liturgy of Blood. right? So it's three black black, and it says destroy target creature, add three black. So it effectively is a two but you got to have that five up front mm-hmm. what's nice with this card with, with this commander is that is basically a free card because it not only costs one black black and you're getting three black when you cast it so you're basically destroying target creature for free which is really fun that's that's very <laughs> very nice right that's what i thought i was like wow this is really cool and it's just a common but nobody's ever going to play in a commander because you got to cast five mana and have five mana up to to remove a creature there's so many two two mana value removal in black especially it's mm-hmm. not worth it but this basically makes it free the other ones that i found very interesting were the enchant or enchantment auras that target your opponent creatures a lot of these do things like they can't attack our block they can't activate abilities Things like the dark steel mutation, one in a white, that becomes just a white. Mm-hmm. And what's nice is you're not just removing the creature. It becomes an insect artifact with base power zero, one, indestructible, and loses 
its abilities, types, creature types. So you shut down a commander with that card. Not only can it not, I mean, it could attack if they can pump it, but it loses all its abilities. And a lot of commanders, the abilities are the reason why you play that deck. Um, Two other ones I found, 1,000 Lashes, two white black. That one enchants creature. It can't block or attack, and it activated abilities can't be activated. And then every upkeep, it's burning its controller for one. Pillory of the Sleepless, very similar. Counterattack or block, burning your creature's owner for one every upkeep. Those are just suddenly become much less. Those are both now black-white with your commander on board. So two mana, you're not necessarily removing a creature. You're just shutting him down, which in a lot of cases is better because when you kill a commander, it goes back to the command zone and they cast him again. When you play an enchantment, they have to figure out how to kill their own commander because I'm pretty sure nobody else at the table is going to do that for you. Absolutely not. Right. They're going to spend their removal on their own creatures, which are like, yeah, do it. That's cool. But in choosing to use these enchantment auras to to essentially be your focused removal, what are you doing at instant speed? Are you still including those normal instants? Because obviously enchantments are being cast essentially at sorcery speed. So is right. that something you took into consideration? I did. There's a, a cool one that I found called Expel, two and a white. It's a common exile target tapped creature. So two and a white with your commander on board, that becomes a white exile target tapped creature. That's Path to Exile. Right. It has to be tapped, but if you're attacking and they're, you know, or if they're attacking, if, if you go into your turn and attack and you're left open, odds are somebody's going to attack you, boom, instant speed, exile their tapped creature because they assume you're left wide open and you're just like, nope, because I left up one white. Of course, one white usually means path to exile, but in this case, you can carry expel and path to exhale and source of plowshares. So you just kind of build up and get even better on that so i did put a few of those not a whole lot though mm-hmm. because you got to keep the mana up and i think you really want to be spending your mana in this deck to build your creatures up so you can get those attacks in all right excellent so was there anything special that you did with ramp outside of the normal or just kind of your standard um artifact ramp and <laughs> i guess what's available yeah. in white and black it, that was pretty much it. I tried finding anything that would make it like, you know, I could cheat out, use the commander for that value. But the commander, make things reduce cost of two, is effectively a soaring every turn or every card. That's a very good point. So that alone is a form of ramp. Now, it's not pure ramp, obviously. But I have my Mangara, the Diplomat, in there. Um, I didn't go much more beyond that. I think I have a couple of the, you know, when the creature ETBs, you get a planes, those type of things, your, your okay. basic ramp cards in there, nothing crazy. But again, a two cost commander. And if a lot of enchantments cost two to four with four or five mana, you can do a lot of damage with this deck. Excellent. Well, that's great to know. And I'm looking forward to giving it a shot this coming Monday. Um, is there anything else about this particular build or your focus on it that you want to share? I think we covered most of it. I will say, even as I played it the first time, I was I got some cards and I was like, oh, this is not a good card in this deck. I didn't tweak it. I didn't tinker it. That, that's your job. <laughs> right. Uh, but I, I, I did notice that I already see a few things that I would quickly take out. And I'll be interested as you play it to see if these are cards you would take out. And it, it was very fun building this deck, kind of how do I want to take this commander? Awesome. Well, I think that's a really, uh, it's going to be really exciting to check it out. I've never played an enchantments heavy deck, so I'm going to learn a lot right along with, (laughs) right along with our listeners on this one. 
That's awesome. Yeah, and we'll be talking about that a little bit next week, see how the games went. But in two weeks, we'll kind of do a deep dive on what you tinkered in and out after you get a a couple games in and then play it with a couple of modified cards. But next week, we're going to talk about how do you build a deck with two separate strategies, right? And this one, I went one way and I built the entire deck one way. I actually built a Ruxa Patient Professor deck this week and I couldn't decide where to go. So I actually built two forms of the deck with about 40 cards you are going to say the same and then 20 of them I could kind of swap out and I'm going to try that in the next couple of weeks and see if is, you know, not quite a sideboard, kind of like a fake sideboard in between games, take out 20 cards, put 20 cards in and boom, does it feel like a whole different deck? And I'll go into some of those details next week about what I built around that, kind of what I included. But until then, how can everybody get a hold of you, Russ? I'm on Twitter at virus25. It's V-Y-R-U-S-S 25. And I am at nag83, N-A-G-8-3 on Twitter. You can follow Russ and I at MTG Bill Tinker on Twitter and email us at mtgbuildandtinker at gmail.com. See you guys next week.